There's this new restaurant on the canal in East London, on Andrews Road, just off Broadway Market. It's called Café Cecilia. I imagine you've heard of it. I'm Will Stewart, and you're listening to A Cook's Library. Max Rosher is the chef and owner of the café. We spoke about his career in kitchens so far, and what led to Café Cecilia. The cookbook Max wanted to speak about, and one I was immediately on board with, Prune by Gabrielle Hamilton. Max's love for cooking, in the best fashion, takes after his mum. Yeah, so I'd love to know first about if you have any sort of first food memories. Yeah, uh, first food memories. Yeah, I think um, from my mum's cooking, you know, I was thinking about this a lot because when we were kids, I don't know if you know Bally Maloo in Ireland. In, uh, I do, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people go to cooking school there, but we used to go there for, for New Year's Eve every year since I've been four. And uh, my, my mum would cook for like, 40 50 people just huge big cauldrons of pasta uh and yeah it was amazing there's always a big one of tomato pasta mm. and then a big mushroom creamy number and it was just like i just remember the queue of all my parents and their friends for their pasta and it's uh yeah i think that's where i kind of got the hook it's near cork isn't it yeah it's just it's it's west of cork yeah but uh it's a most a beautiful place for food and produce but um yeah, just my mum cooking kind of family meals, but also for friends down there. But when I tried to think about, you know, the first thing I could remember as a child, it would be just like waking, no, just like seeing my mum cooking huge big vats of tagliatelle, fresh tagliatelle with, uh, yeah, with, with mushrooms and cream. And yeah, that's, that's delicious. Kind of it. And then, she, yeah, yeah, really, really good starchy stuff, but good for that time of year. Not your classic in Ireland, I guess, as well. There's not loads of tally tally everywhere, is there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, we've been going there. Ever, well, I go there maybe once a year ever since, and uh, just to visit. Yeah, it's a really beautiful place. I didn't actually study cooking there. Uh, I didn't go to the cookery school, which a lot of people I've realised in London do go to. But um, I think it's meant to be amazing. But I never, I didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you start chefing? Because you, you came late to it, didn't you? I came late to it, yeah. Uh, I started, like, I think it's seven or eight years ago, but just through, like, a really bad stint in my mental health. I was uh, I worked in music, I studied business, and then um, basically I couldn't get out of bed for about a month, and my girlfriend mm. at the time and my mom and everyone was just like, here, what you, what's going on? And I went to the doctor, and he was like, yeah, you got to just make a change and, you know, Everyone thought I was mad going into a kitchen after being stressed out at a desk job. But, uh, you know, I, I I, just, it was the only thing that would help me. You know, I did a baking course. I, I did a bread course with my mum in Nottinghamshire. And that day, just to kind of do something to get out of this kind of really dark place. And that day, just from making bread, I got this kind of glimmer of hope that like, oh, maybe I could have a career not behind a computer and work with my hands and that day I kind of just made a decision to like okay I'm going to try and cook instead of work behind a laptop mm. it is so great because it's obviously a really tough job isn't it but like you can be in a fucking shit mood but the second you get in like that has to just go away and you've just like got to get yeah, it done yeah you just you know you put your chef whites on and you're you're working you got your, yeah I love I loved the methodicalness of it how it was teaching me to be clean and all the things I never really like just being a part of a team and you know chefs mm. are very unique people and 
like we're all a bit d- different and I just really felt like I, I fit in in those environments and uh yeah I've just been so into it ever since and I've just not stopped yeah I went to spring uh and worked for Sky before Sky I worked for a baker called Alex who uh trained at E5 and I worked in his basement making sourdough and then I went yeah I worked for Sky for maybe two and a half years and then I went to Copenhagen and I made I just made pasta for eight months in this little trattoria in Copenhagen. I know it sounds crazy, but I just went there for a holiday. Uh, What's it uh, called? Was, uh, Manja. Uh, okay. M-A-N-J-A. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful little trattoria. Um, but I, I was just taking a break from cooking because I was burnt out and tired, and I ate there, and then they just let me make pasta for eight months. So I was like, unbelievable, you know? They just yeah. made pasta from eight a.m. till five p.m. every day, and then cooked it yeah five mm. passes meat and fish it was chaos but it was just like you know italian to work with italian chefs that you know they cook in a completely different way to anyone i've ever seen cook it's all with like you know their feelings and it was uh yeah it was it was amazing but it was like four doubles and a single and i just got too much so then i yeah i moved back to london and i went to saint john bread and wine well i begged them until they let me work there uh for oak uh my amazing uh head chef there at the time he's still there and you know he rings me all the time and gives me amazing advice on the journey I'm about to embark on and um and then after that I went to the river cafe uh up to I did a year there and just finished at the first yeah the first lockdown on furlough I just um took a bit of time off because obviously you know you're a chef yourself you uh, you're always going and it was weird to be forced to stop you know to kind of take a moment and be like okay what do I really want to do with this long term you know and I I just started selling picnics and got a bit more confidence in my food and now we're uh yeah we've signed a lease and you know I've got a really amazing team joining me to open this cafe uh but yeah we're it's named after um named after my dad's mum who uh saved up money when he was 16 to get him a get him a flight to the UK to be a nurse and uh Oh, that's then, so nice. He, and then he had a really amazing journey to become a fashion designer. And, you know, without him, I wouldn't be have the opportunity to, you know, always belief in me. So it's kind of an ode to, ode to her for make, for yeah, getting together with her poker buddies in Hong Kong. Was it 50 mm. years ago or something? <laughs> so, yeah, it's named after him. Mm. So you were cooking, you said, just lots of catering stuff over lockdown, as in for like different picnics you said, and shoots and whatever. Picnics, shoots, yeah, and like private dinners and things and yeah mm. all that kind of stuff uh fashion a lot of fashion shoots breakfast and lunch for the teams and the crews and things like that yeah I really like the catering and you know with the the what I want to do is not be open too many nights of the week with this cafe I'm going to open so mm. hopefully the catering can kind of help with that because I think the mental health of my chefs is so important that they're not working seven shifts and loads of nights. Yeah. I prefer to just open a couple of nights a week if we can, mm. because we've all been down those kind of very tired and tired, you know, overworked. And, you know, I think it really shows in your food when you're not feeling hundred yeah. percent, like, you know, so I, I want the chefs to want to be excited to come into work and front of house. And I feel like with, yeah, if you're burnt out and you're on eight, shifts seven shifts all nights yeah the food suffers and yeah so I, i'm trying to get a better work-life balance f- for the team um mm. yeah trying my best so we're uh yeah i say that now but hopefully yeah we can 
Well, yeah, I'm sure, you know, I think it's like, if you make such a conscious effort to do it, then it's not hard. It's just places that try and open all the fucking time. And then they say like, oh, well, you know, we'll do seven shifts, but you just like chef's leave, whatever. But when you restrict the opening hours, it's like, you know, it makes exactly. it a little bit easier. And in the, the first month, we're just going to open five days a week, breakfast and lunch. And just so we have the same team on and everyone mm. can just get get to grips with it nice and slow and just take each step as it comes because I, you know, I'll probably only ever do this once. So I want to make sure we have the best shot at it. And, you know, a mm. lot of people are leaving their jobs to join me and I owe it to them to make sure that, you know, we're not, we're not overworked and we can, uh, yeah, we can, we can make a good go. There's so many places doing dinner. It's nice having like a different function for the space. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the plan. And that's why I've been working so much on the catering this year to, to hopefully make sure that we can make ends meet without doing too many. Yeah. So, so yeah. what, I mean, what books are you cooking from? Are you cooking from cookbooks uh, a lot or is it mainly kind uh, of kitchen practice? I can't, um, like when I'm, when I'm cooking, I mainly cook from my head. Like I, like the prune book, Ballymaloo, St. John, like the kind of key Marcella Hazan, Rira Cafe, like the key kind of yeah seasonal books. But I mainly like, you know, look at what's in season and just cook as simply as I can and cost efficiently. And, you know, mm. I, 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 I just cook what, I think I'd really enjoy. So I'm not cooking from a lot of cookbooks, to be completely honest. I'm mainly cooking from just like my experiences. My like the food is very influenced from my mum and the restaurants I've worked in. Um, I'm also very, very happy you picked the prune book because I oh, will... fantastic absolute love for prune and everything that yeah is i'm prune. a fanatic yeah i am a i'm a gabrielle hamilton fanatic i think she's oh, got she's a so few, cool. but yeah she's so hardcore rock and roll like it's yeah. uh yeah have you been to eat there i've eaten there once nice yeah me too um and had the dutch babies which is just like cake for breakfast which i'm not going to complain about yeah so cool yeah i'm thinking of doing it yeah in the in the cafe that'd be so nice where did you go did you go for dinner I went for dinner, yeah. I went for dinner. I had the boiled beef dinner, radishes, butter, and salt, and sweetbreads and bacon and butter and capers. Mm. And I was like, this is rock and rock. I was like, oh my God. And I'd been so looking forward yeah. to it. And it's just, every, it, yeah, everything mm. about the service from the food to just every part of it was like, yeah, overwhelming, you know. It's so perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, even perfect. like the memoir is amazing. But, and I think, Blood I feel like a lot of people butter. don't have yeah. the cookbook. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people don't really have the cookbook, which is such a shame because I feel like it wasn't printed as much. Yeah. Um, well, I found it really hard to get when I first. I, yeah. I, so did I. I bought it in New York actually because I couldn't find it here. But uh, but yeah, it's it's what I love about the cookbook is that it's like you know it's as you're a chef you know you probably understand it's kind of built for chefs you know there's no story. Yeah. There's no thing about her life. It's just like you know, built for chefs, which I love. It's mm. just to the point and it's, I love how like strict she is. I reckon she's like a real, like serious Quite book. Hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. But even the chapter on garbage, I'm like, it's just so inspiring. That whole no waste ethos is, uh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. so prepping garbage are like two of my favorite sections because yeah. obviously I feel like a lot of cookbooks not necessarily encourage waste, but if you buy a cookbook that's sort of a new cookbook from whatever which is kind of like a brand isn't it 100 yeah from like a restaurant totally and you cook from it 
and have all these different fucking ingredients like well, what are you gonna do with them after the next like nothing kind of includes itself exactly yeah it's it's so she was so ahead of her time like now i i feel like people are going back to this no waste thing like and you can see like yeah in spring they have like the scratch menu and like these are all things that are happening yeah. now but she was so ahead of time and not because it's trendy because it's obvious it's like it's a fundamental cornerstone of a restaurant exactly like, that's don't what waste. that's what i love about her yeah not not trendy she's not on instagram she's just like you know she's just there because she's a fucking a flip sorry for swearing jesus she's just a really good cook and she just cares about food and you know but when i read about her it's like the reason the food she has is mainly because she didn't have money to so it's what she yeah. craved at the time you know um like with radishes and butter and salt she just craves something sweet and fatty and salty and that's why radishes butter and salt is on her menu and i'm like just i love that a better you know it's it's so interesting mm. um and the tin sardines with mustard triskets and exactly yeah and there, i don't know there's there crackers on that as well i don't know i think there's just like all yeah. boarding crackers i'm like that's so amazing yeah it's it's just in energy. the beginning when she was a kid and she was her mum and dad were never there and she was over the summer wanted to eat and like went in the cupboard and remember she talks about in the book like not sure how to peel back the sardine skin and when you can eat the spine yeah yeah and just yeah. like found this box of crackers and yeah it's not yeah, she, so cool she kind of balances this like nostalgic and simple cooking yeah. but also with like very technical stuff and also like with some cliches in there perfectly because she she talks about in the memoir when she was cooking in these huge catering events sort of like i guess it yeah. would have been I guess in the eighties, probably maybe a bit later or yeah. earlier and doing weddings for like 3000 people and they'd pre-cook yeah. the fish and then like yeah, half yeah. cook it and send it off, which is obviously back then yeah. you were cooking like very classic American dishes that yeah. people don't really cook anymore, but she kind of takes all the best stuff from that, the stuff that's overworked and then puts it in the menu. Exactly. Yeah. And it's probably why she can like, churn out so many meals out of such a small building because she knows how to do it well and efficiently mm. from that catering background and i kind of like that she hasn't worked through the ranks in lots of fancy kitchens you know it gives us gives me hope that i'll be able to do you know what i mean just the, yeah definitely you know like well i have i've worked as hard as i could possibly work but it's uh yeah it's nice to see someone do so well when they haven't gone to paris and worked in three michelin star you know mm. it's uh yeah quite inspiring and yeah just her just poaching like poaching veal in the octopus liquor i'm just like this is unbelievable you know it's so cool you know i love that porktopus drawing from the um yeah the mind of a chef series uh oh amazing yeah 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 that's a brilliant series it's fantastic have you ever seen on prune's website all the valentine's day and new year's eve menus some i think so i might do they're fucking amazing because like I got to a point with the book, I was like, I need more. I need more menus. I need more. And then the more recent years, they're not there. But like 2013, 2014, they're there. And so here's one. Valentine's Day 2014. So this is first date. Clam platter. Cold jelly yeah. consomme with parsley cornichon dressing. Pan fried butterfly trout. Wow. Sally romaine. And then a creme caramel with chili oh and cinnamon. God. Just like Amazing. watching that first date all the stinky fish yeah. and then spicy chili. <laughs> Unbelievable. And yeah, got, she's probably thinking that as well. Yeah. Bitter breakup, chips and cigarettes, Chinese takeout, red braised pork, black mushroom sauce, bitter melon, whole pint of Haagen-Dazs, $75. Oh it's, my God. They're wow. amazing. They're amazing. 
I mean, even just like in the book, I wrote down a few recipes that I really, really like. Where are they? I love the wedding soup. That's really good. Yeah. And kind of a classic I didn't really know about. Italian wedding soup is this big fat of chicken broth with lamb dumplings, fregola, which are tiny little Sardinian pasta balls, and lots of bitter greens, hopefully with some olive oil and parmesan on top. I really like this section called Alda. Yes, uh, with the uh, it's Italian themed, right? Yeah, with the nonna. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. I've got it up here. And there's like a courgette tian, which looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, is... yeah, looks it's so good. And then the yeah eggplant parmesan. I made that today actually, but uh, salt and pepper pork chop. Yeah, and the ro the rosti. I love that. Like when she even just when she talks about rosti's, it's like. Eight non-stick pans only. Don't use the crappy aluminium ones. And then just like stuff like have the guys peel 180 potatoes for the weekend and be sure you have 20 butter pounds of clarified butter in the house by Friday. And then she talks about like only fry 10, like if you're comfortable. No, was it? You can come in early if you are new to the station and if you need more time to get fully set up. But by the third week on the station, you may not punch in before 8 a.m. I'm like, that's so funny you know, you know I it makes sense that. though doesn't it yeah it's like you got to be ready it's like doing a breakfast shift that um a breakfast shift at saint john bread and wine is like a real intense shift because you got to get in and just start slicing bread you know you just got to like slice bread slice bread slice bread and then checks come in and you're prepping for lunch so it's just like at the start it's just i i'd go in so early just to have my bread sliced before bacon sandwiches kick off and then the checks come in and then you're prepping so i I can when she when I read that I could completely relate. It's like at the start, okay, you know, you can take some time coming early, but then it's like, no, we're paying you to be here and do a job, so you just got to do it in mm. time, you know. And uh, fear kicks in, but you you get through it. There's also the one. There's the Breton butter cake recipe, which she starts off by saying like. If this is your first time making it, come and get me. We'll talk you through it. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable! It's so good, and then also like. And the two pictures of the walk-in, there's like, I like this. This is a picture of a good walk-in. Yeah. This is a terrible walk-in. And there's just like, you know, chaos and then controlled chaos is what I like to call it. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's the book's brilliant. And maybe like before I started cooking, I don't know if I would have been as into it because I have so much connection with it on those, all those little kind of uh, messages and notes she writes in it. You know, it brings me to a, a different time when or just it brings me it throws me into different services where i just remember oh yeah the, my fridge was a mess and my sous chef being like look at this what is this and grabbing me and bringing me back into the kitchen after i've been changed to fix the fridge or something do you know what i mean it's like so how long were you at you said you were at spring for two and a half years how long were you at st john for was that the next kitchen well when you came back from uh, Copenhagen? I, I went to yeah copenhagen was eight months st john maybe a year right uh just the way they run the kitchen and the, the type of people that the restaurant attracted to work there. I just, yeah, felt like I felt very at home mm. and yeah, I think that's why I've got Paris coming to work with me and different chefs that yeah, I've met there, and, you know, really special restaurant. I went for lunch at Cafe Cecilia when it opened. It's a big bright room with all white walls, dark oak tables and a massive marble pass for the kitchen and bar. For lunch, I feasted on a slice of pork and apricot terrine a salad of fennel and bobby beans doused in a bright and fresh green goddess dressing, a rabbit ragu packed with livers, and some anglais chips and peppercorn sauce. Pudding was had too, a brownie and a slice of tart. I was a bit full at this point. 
nonetheless, a perfect lunch, and I think Gabrielle would approve. The Prune Cookbook is a must, and her memoir, Blood, Bones and Butter, is also beautiful. If you're listening on Spotify, follow. If on Apple, subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the show. And follow me on Instagram at The Cook's Library. Thanks again. Keep cooking and keep eating.